Welcome in, everyone, to Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton and Rich Howe. How you doing, Rich? Good. Playoff hockey. Playoff hockey time. Hey, Stanley Cup playoff hockey is not disappointed, let me tell you that. This is why we love this sport, even when our team's not in it. Even when our team's not in it. You cannot even fathom how great this first round has been. <laughs> if you're a hockey fan, we got something to talk about later under that. We're, we're growing new fans here. I think new fans are starting to come into the sport of hockey every day. So. We got a story that's going to tie into that later in the episode. We have a really fun quick hitter segment tonight. Really lighthearted, <laughs> brighten up your day, end your day off really well. If you're watching on the live stream right now on YouTube, we appreciate it. Facebook, Twitter. Hit follow, hit subscribe. We appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to hit in this episode very lighthearted because guess what? Stanley Cup playoff hockey is not lighthearted. There's nothing no. lighthearted about it. No, not at all. Have you noticed? It's been, hard, it's been since, hard hitting, man. Since there's not as many, uh, they they get let the refs get them, let them get away with a lot more stuff. The games go by a lot quicker. <laughs> like it, it just dude, seems like they fly by. It has been, I mean, it's like this every playoffs. I get that. Like the, the rules kind of change a little bit. Like you said, the rest like let them get away with a lot more. But some of these hits, and we'll talk about it. We're going to do a first round Stanley Cup playoff recap. That's going to be our opening faceoff tonight because there's a lot to cover with oh, yeah. what happened in the first round. Rich, you look a little upset over there. I am a little upset, Chad. I can't, I can't imagine why. Yeah. Poor, poor Boston. Just um, very disappointing. I, I hate it for the for those guys. They played so well all season, but you're not guaranteed anything, and your uh, what you do in the season doesn't mean anything in the playoffs. So, but hey, hey, guess what? You got a little bit of retribution because the team you dislike the most, the Tampa Lightning, yeah. could not have lost in more heartbreaking fashion. Oh my gosh, those guys. Yeah. Three overtime losses in one series, all at home. All at home. The Maple the Maple Leafs finally get their first round series victory. They've already started off second round with a bang by losing to that same team, the Florida yeah. Panthers. Yeah. So they get they gotta deal with one Florida team and then they gotta turn around and deal with another Florida team. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. it's crazy. This is, this is why we love the playoffs right here. Yep. That's it's good that the Leafs did get that first round win, though, I think. So now I think they said that Buffalo is the next team in line who haven't won a, a playoff series since 2007. So wow. they're 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 the they're the ones holding the record now and not Toronto anymore. And as we go live tonight, everybody, Dallas and the Seattle Kraken, Dallas Stars, Seattle Kraken are dropping the puck on game one. And yep. it, it took like just a couple minutes for Joe Pavelski to he it's his first game back since getting knocked out oh, yeah. of the first round in that really questionable hit that he took mm-hmm. against the Minnesota Wild. He's back for the Dallas Stars. Yep. Gotta love that for them. They're happy to have Joe Pavelski back. The elder statesman, the still incredibly gifted, talented mm-hmm. offensive player. He scores a wrister, and I just put it on Twitter. If you are a fan of hockey and you take your bias out of it, yep. 
when you see this wrister that Joe Pavelski just scored to put the Dallas mm-hmm. Stars up one nothing, um, that's the stuff you sign up for right there. Also, this mm-hmm. is the first time the Seattle Kraken have been down in the playoffs. And oh, really? giving up giving up the first goal, I should say. Wow. Giving up the That'd first goal of the game. They scored the first goal in every game against the Colorado Avalanche. So that's that they, they, they gotta they gotta deal with some early adversity for the first time in these playoffs. Yeah, they're not used to that, I guess. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna break it down. First round yeah. recap of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll continue to watch the Stars and the Kraken as this game goes on. As we do our live episode, this is episode one eighty three of Catfish and Ice, presented by DraftKings and Raycon is back on board as a sponsor. Raycon. Raycon wireless earbuds. We'll tell you more about them. Of course, DraftKings has been with us since the beginning. So we appreciate them. We're going to tell you about both of our amazing sponsors later in this episode. Of course, we are part of the Hockey Podcast Network, which is a large network of hockey podcasts. They do live game watch-alongs, everything you could imagine. So you need to be following at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and YouTube to get all that good stuff. Bring it back to the Predators here. We are a Predators podcast after all, even though they're not. Yeah, they're not in the playoffs and whatnot. It kind of stinks to not be invited to the party. I shared a a Michael Scott, the office meme earlier about how it feels kind of, it kind of sucks to not be invited and not Mm -hmm. be a part of it. It does. Um, For all the office lovers, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Michael Scott didn't like it when he wasn't invited to a party. That's nope. kind of where we're at right now. The Predators were not invited to the party, but it's okay. Yeah, okay. it stinks. Mike Twitter is here. All of our teams are out now. Yeah. Oh, and then he said, oh. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, Everybody, all of our backup teams. I mean, I mean, our backup teams. For I mean, for me, I was secretly kind of rooting for the Lightning. Don't come at me, Rich. Oh, uh, I, knew I knew it. I knew it. I mean – I, I, I tend to cheer for teams that I'm associated with and where I that live. And and I do like some of those players on the Lightning. I like Stamkos. Stamkos is my guy. Stamkos is my guy. But not one. <laughs> I'm not nearly as upset as you are about the Bruins. I'm not that diehard about the Lightning like you are. I know you, you truly have a deep fandom for the Bruins, and I, I respect do. that. I do. I didn't lose sleep over the Lightning losing. I didn't. It kind of stuck. Yeah, I didn't lose sleep, but it's just it's super disappointing. So it is very disappointing. I mean, it's just the and you don't know what's going to happen next year with them. Bergeron could retire. David Krejci could retire. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have enough money apparently to cover all of their free agents in the off season. So you just don't know what's. I'm going to tell you, Rich, about a team that should be w- way more upset. And really more the fans of this particular team. They should be way more upset than either Avs fans or Bruins fans. And I know that blows your mind a little bit because you're talking about the defending cup champions going out in the first round. That's a pretty big bombshell. And then, of course, the Bruins, one of the most historic regular seasons ever, go out in the first round. I actually think there's another team that should be – maybe a little bit more on panic mode right now, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We're going to um, uh, talk about our top Preds wins of the season. 
for everyone watching live, listening live, or if you listen the next day through mm-hmm. one of your favorite podcast platforms. First of all, we appreciate you just as much as our live viewers. Tweet the show at Catfish Ice. Tell us what are your best Preds wins of the season. Like the most, just the ones that stick out to you the most, the ones that were the biggest season-changing wins. We're going to throw out our top five, top six. We're going to list them off. We got some good ones here. I got some good ones listed. They yeah, really changed the season that had some big implications for the season. We want to hear those from you. Please share that. Mike Twitter's already hopping in here. We will save his comment. We're going to yep. go back to that. Mike Twitter, hey, we're going to go back to your comment, all right? We're going to yep. share it live. Right, thank you for hopping in, Mike Twitter, on that one. Also... You can't help when your team doesn't make it into the playoffs. You can't help but be a little what if type of mentality. Yep. What if this happened? What if that happened? What if this could have happened? That's that's literally the life of a sports fan. What yep. if this broke our way? What if this happened? So we're going to break down some of our biggest what if scenarios. From the Pred season. Those are going to be good to reflect on. And also, like as I said, we are going to end this episode with some really good stuff to just make you feel all good inside. Fun things. We got we got a good we got a hockey related video and two really good videos that'll just make you feel good inside. Yep. That we will share. And we were gonna break it down like hockey analyst, each one of these videos. That'd be good. That will close out episode 183. So let's let's get it all going here, guys, with uh, with first round Stanley Cup playoffs recap, our opening face off of Cash yeah. Nice episode 183. So, Rich, how about you just break it all down for us? Let's get it all out of the way. The biggest storyline, obviously, of the first round was historically the most dominant regular season team ever. The Boston yep. Bruins go out in the first round. Yep. You thought they were cruising in that yep. first round series. You're playing yep. a Florida Panthers team who snuck into the playoffs very much like we were hoping the Predators would do. Mm-hmm. Predators beat the Panthers twice Yep. in yep. their season series. They actually went to that game against the Panthers in Sunrise, Florida, as no, I've mentioned. Right. Saw them live. They're a very fast team. They're a very offensively skilled team, but they have a lot of deficiencies, a Mm -hmm. lot, which is why they were on that playoff bubble. Yep. But they put it all together and struck while the iron was hot against the Bruins team. Let me ask you right now, Rich, what what do you think happened, man? What what do you think happened with the Bruins here to cause something like this? Well, they revealed – after the series was over, a couple of things. So Bergeron um, didn't play in the first. He didn't come in until game five. And he was playing, they said, with a herniated disc. I know a lot of people, players, hockey players will play hurt. But apparently that was like super painful. And then the the other big thing was apparently Linus Olmark was hurt. And he had some kind of injury. They didn't say what it was, but something that allowed um, didn't allow him to move as he normally moved. And it was apparently pretty painful. Um, So I think they lost because of goalie mismanagement. 
they should not have rode Olmark for all six games. Uh, if they knew he was hurt, they should have gave Jeremy Swayman a shot and they could have stole one of those games. Uh, they had three or two chances to put it away and they didn't. And, you know, just it is what it is. You're not guaranteed. You're not guaranteed anything in the postseason. So, yeah, it's just sure. disappointing. It's super disappointing, but, you know. Very disappointing. So, when you look back at this series, it goes to seven games. Um, but when you look at the full series, the Bruins, the Bruins were up 3-1 in this yep. series. And in game four, they won 6-2. So, it felt like you're up mm-hmm. 3-1. You just won six to two. Panthers yep. are done. Good job stealing a game in Boston. Good mm-hmm. for you. Pat on the back. But the Panthers, man, they kind of proved what their bread and butter is. Yes. They are a very highly offensively skilled team mm-hmm. for all their deficiencies. They have a lot of offensive skill. Yep. And if you look at it, if you look at after that game four, when they lost six to two, they they beat the Bruins 4-3 in game five. That goes to overtime. In Boston, press yeah. of steel. Game six, they put up a seventh spot. On the Bruins, the Bruins scored five. So they it's did. not like the Bruins weren't also bringing the offense. And then game seven, it goes to overtime again, and the, and the Panthers win in overtime. The Bruins had a chance to end that. I don't know if you saw the clip. Oh, yeah. They uh, were up by a goal. And Florida scored with 59 seconds left in the period. So, yeah. And, and at that point, you're just like, oh, man, now now it's going to go either way. You just don't know what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, it's just weird. It's just, you know, you're not guaranteed anything. And um, Olmark did not look like himself. He was flopping around on the ice trying to stop pucks and just um, – yeah, it just wasn't good. Just wasn't good. They should have played Swayman. It was it's a tough, tough one. Let, yeah. Let's let's shift to another series that you will be way more pleased to talk about, Rich. That's the uh, <laughs> Maple Leafs Lightning series. Also, it goes to six games. Yep. But I mean, the Lightning just crumbled, didn't they? I know. I know that it's way more heartbreaking for the for Boston fans because they saw their team have such an historical regular season. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you. Lightning fans are hurting right now, too, because you get spoiled. You go to three straight cup finals. You win two of them. Yep. And then you go into this series against the Maple Leafs. First of all, a lot of the fans I talked to around here, and the overall sentiment was, this isn't the same Lightning team. We're not the same dynasty team anymore. That's what you heard a lot. But you're talking about a series where three of the four – wins by the Maple Leafs in this series, it took overtime. Mm-hmm. And they won those games on Tampa's home ice. Yep. I'm not taking anything away from the Maple Leafs, but that is a crazy turn of events right there. It is crazy. And the games were rough. They were very rough games. Um, Tampa is really good at uh, dishing out some punishment on players. Um they don't like it so much when you do it back to them. They kind of get a little, a little crappy, and mm-hmm. just complain. I would argue. But I would argue that Tampa is the most physical team in the East. Yeah, they are. I would say so too. They, they it was they were rough games, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you said. I don't think they're quite the dynasty team as they used to be. And Vasilevsky, um, he's showing. He stepped you know, up. He stepped up later in that series, he though. He did. He he did. He he played. I can't remember which game. They all blend in after a while. But well, I mean, I mean, game really six. Well. Game six goes to overtime, tied one one. Yeah, yeah. And and the Leafs get the the win, game winner in Game Six. That was a really tough goal too. That was not Vasilevsky's mm-hmm. fault. It was a deflection goal. It was just um, a battle yeah. of wills at that point. I mean, Samsonov also played a great series in net yeah. for the Maple Leafs. I don't, I think we overlook him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samsonov is a great goalie that uh, uh, people are not talking about enough uh, for the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. We are in a generation of so many great goalies that you forget some of the good ones because there's so many to keep track of right now. Yeah. We're yeah, watching Jake Ot- we're watching Jake Ottinger right now against against the Kraken for the Dallas Stars. He is another one that people don't talk enough about. We have yeah. so many great goalies. I think it's awesome for the league yeah. to have all these great goalies. Ottinger just gave up two really quick goals though. Seattle's winning three to two. Oh what three to two? <laughs> yeah. They were down two so, to oh they, they just scored again. They just scored again. On? It's four to two right now. Wow. Four six goals in the first 15 minutes of this game. Yeah. Yes. And Ottinger, he's let in three goals in the in the past like three minutes. All right, take oh, everything back yeah. I said about Ottinger. No. He's just one game off. doesn't change it. One game doesn't change it. Uh the Kraken. Wow. We're gonna we're gonna kind of talk about this later in the later in this episode, but Rich, the Kraken. When people think when Preds fans, let's bring it back to the Preds here. Uh, when Preds fans think about the Kraken and not that player you don't want to talk about, but just <laughs> overall, <laughs> no, just overall in general. I think when we think about the Kraken, we think about do we give them enough respect? Is, is what I'm thinking about here. Yeah, I mean, they took down Colorado. I mean, that's. That's a that's a feat in and of itself. I'm saying more there. going into the play, going into the playoffs. Oh, yeah, did we in. give them enough respect? Nah, probably not. I, I don't probably think anybody not. did. Yeah, I, I agree. Don't think so, no, but they're playing really well now. That's for sure. They came together at the right time. So, um, and we look at the we look at the Kraken way differently than we look at the Golden Knights when they became an expansion team. Yeah, why is that? I wonder. I mean, um, I think so we weird. were just very like. I just don't think we were used to expansion teams at that point. Like you hadn't no, had an expansion yeah. team in a while. That makes sense. Yeah. The Kraken come in. They had this cool logo, this cool name. They're in Seattle. Everyone wanted hockey in Seattle. It's quirky. Mm-hmm. It's the, the, the mascot. What's, what's the mascot's name? Oh, ugh, that ugly troll thing. It's like uh, Bowie. I, I think his name's Bowie. Bowie. That's it. That's it. Bowie. I mean, yep. between Bowie and Gritty for the Flyers, you got nightmare fuel right there for you. Um, yeah. If you and want the, those two coming at you in your nightmares, yeah. be my guest. And then but, Montreal's mascot, whatever his name is. Shout out to the early days of Catfish and Ice. That was one of our first segments. Oh, yeah. I think it was like episode five or episode six. We did, yep. we, we ranked our mascots. That we were fun, making actually. fun of several of them. It was hilarious. It's good. But um, I think everyone likes the quirky side of the Kraken. The team My, name, all Mike that. Twitter said Montreal's. Uh, where's that? You you Yuppie? 
That's their mascot. Okay. UP in Montreal. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah. Bowie is actually more creepy than Gritty. I agree. I agree. I, agree. I still yeah. like the Kraken. I'm that I mean, I guess I'm giving I'm giving them the kiss of death here, but I kind of want them to win it all now. I'd be okay with that. That's not who I want to hitch my wagon to, but um, I'm all right with that. I'd be okay with that. They'll do what uh, do what Las Vegas couldn't do and win in their second year <laughs> or their first year or whatever. Isn't that well, Vegas, right? They went to the – was it their first season? Vegas went to the cup final their first mm-hmm. season. So Seattle can do it in their second. So that'd be that'd – be, Kind of cool. Oilers knock out the Kings in six games. Uh, That series was pretty close to start, but the Oilers kind of flexed their muscle there at the end. Um, Jets. Jets just completely just waste of a playoff spot. I mean, they they didn't get swept like like the Predators did uh, the season before, so I can't talk too much smack here, but – I'm going to go ahead and ask you – I'm going to go ahead and ask you right now, Rich – do you think the Predators could have done a better job against the Golden Knights than what the Jets put out? Because it's a fair question. Because the Jets finished three points ahead of the Preds. Mm. And when, when, when you count all the injuries and all the things that happened surrounding the Preds, you can't help but wonder if they're a full-strength team, could they have put out a better showing than what the Jets gave us against the Golden Knights? Losing in five games. I think if they were full strength, they would have put up more of a fight. Um, I think they don't if, even have to be. They don't even have to be full strength. I'm going to just give you one player, one player, one player. Roman Yosi. I mean, that's a huge. <laughs> that's a huge difference for sure. Um, mm, yeah, that's tough. I don't know. I, I think would like. I would like. I would like to throw Philip Forsberg in there too, but I don't even. He was out since February, so I'm not going to yeah. throw Philip Forsberg into it. Yeah, but definitely Roman Yossi, who went down very, very late in the season. And I, I know every every team out there can say we had injuries, but to lose Roman Yossi that late in the season, I will die on this hill. Yeah. It was the final. Yep. Death blow for the Preds as far as we can't overcome this. Yep. I think if it was just the kids playing, I think it would be the same for one. Probably they probably would have got one. Um, if Roman Yossi was playing with them, I, it might have been four two, maybe. I don't know. He, he's a he's a huge difference maker. So, um, yeah, I don't know. If they're full strength, they might have been put up a little more of a fight too. So, um, yeah. And let's. Rich, let's let's shift to the uh, Eastern Conference here for a second because the oh. Devils Rangers series went seven games. Did you did you get to watch the last game? I did. It was a great was, game. I loved it. I really yeah. liked it. I know it was a, a blowout, but that young goaltender for New Jersey, Akira Schmid, got a mm-hmm. shutout. That was good stuff. Good stuff. Everybody that, that had, uh, is, Rangers and that's an, to win more too. Like go deeper for sure. But well, that's an, that's another series where you know the Rangers jump out two nothing in the series. Mm-hmm. A pair of five one wins on the road. Yep, they're in the driver's seat. Yep. to win this series, and the Devils storm back to win three in a row. The Rangers come back to tie it at 
three three in the series. Mm-hmm. You go back to New Jersey and the Devils take care of business. But I want to zero in on that hit. Mm. The very controversial one that happened on Timo Meyer of the New Jersey Devils. Did you see yep. that hit? I did. I did. Yeah, I did. That was uh I know they said on the broadcast that uh, Timo Meyer kind of put his head down a little bit and was looking down at the ice or whatever. And when he when he got hit, but it sure did look like Truba threw his shoulder right into his face to me. But yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought it was definitely questionable, and he was hurt. I thought he was actually knocked out um, when I when I, at first because he was just kind of laying there not moving. But yeah, what did yeah. you think of it? Did you think the same? A little dirty? So I'm going to pull the hit out here for everybody to watch on the screen. But before I do that, um, so everyone can kind of like judge themselves. I think that these hits are really tough to call in hockey, all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to the physicality of the sport. But at the same time, you want to you want to protect guys from taking like lifelong brain trauma and injuries, so it, it, you're like you're constantly toting this line of yeah, we want to protect the sport, we want it to be physical, that's why we love hockey, but we also want to get all this crap out of the game where guys are head hunting. Yes, we and that's what, the head what it looked like. That's what it looked like too. I look a little bit, and Truba's. Uh, kind of a nasty dude from what I understand. So, um, well, let, let, let's, I'm going to present it to the, um, let me add it to the, so I'm going to share it for everybody. Cause I want to get everyone else's thought on the live stream here. Yep. It was Let's add uh, it to the stream. Let's add it to the stream. So here, here, here's what you got here. You got, you got Timo Meyer. You can see him right there. He's, he's about to enter the zone. Yep. I'm gonna push play here so everyone can watch it. So right. I mean, he he lines it up. He he did, and the shoulder. You could just see him move his shoulder into his face, and regardless of whether. Timo Meyer had his head down or whatever. You can't tell me he did that on accident. I mean, it's just, it's just, I don't know. Watch it, let's watch it one. Let's watch it one more time. So he's skating into the zone. He does have his head down. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's it it it's all the hardcore hockey fans want to beat the drum that that's a legal hit and that's a hard hit and that's a fair hit. I yeah. get it, but at what point do you want this sport to be kind of like has a little bit like a little bit of control here? Hits like that are going to put guys into wheelchairs later in their life, just yeah. like what we're seeing with the NFL. Yeah. Well, there was an Avs so, player that got hurt too with off of a hit. Um, I can't remember who it was, but he had like spine injury or something. I can't remember who it was, though. Yeah, and I mean, we've yeah. already heard this mm-hmm. argument with the NFL. The NFL has already gone through this mm-hmm. in, in terms of CTE, brain trauma, 
Um, and I, I know the NHL is trying to get ahead of this because they're mm-hmm. next. I mean, they're, people are going to start coming after them. And I don't want to ruin the sport either. But a hit like that, you can yeah. – you got to think about stuff like this here. Yeah. Can you yeah. – I mean, if you're if you're a lifelong hockey a hockey player and you're you're criticizing Timo Meyer of skating with his head down, okay, I get that. I get that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can't argue that – that Truba is literally head hunting there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, Mike Twitter. One. Mike Twitter said, yeah, he teed up on him. <laughs> Max Greenberg, our bud is in here. I think it was technically clean, but definitely done with malicious intent. Yes, it was definitely. Well, so Max malicious. is right there. He uh, is, in, yeah. In the rule in, in the roll bucket is a legal hit. Yeah, it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it was but the, ugly. It, but the NHL has a really tough, you know, it has a tough mm-hmm. decision to make here on how they want to keep carrying this mm-hmm. game forward. It, it's yeah. tough, man. It's not it's not an easy decision to make either way. Um, I'm sure the hockey, most of the hockey players say, hey, let's keep doing it how we do it. And yeah. I get that part of it too. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, obviously it's a it's super dangerous sport. You know, people could get hurt. Look at Mark Borbieski. He got pushed into the boards and didn't, hadn't played since, and we don't even know if he's going to play next year. Uh, Philip Forsberg got pushed into the boards and didn't play since February, and he was clearly on another planet when he got uh, up off the ice. He didn't even know where he was. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you can definitely get hurt for sure, but I think they need to All right. clean that up. That is our – that's our first round recap of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're watching the Kraken take on the Stars. It's first intermission. Six goals in the first period, everybody. Yep. Kraken scored three in about three minutes. So Four to two game. Right when I was singing the praises of uh, Jake Ottinger. Jake Ottinger. Yep. He's, he's still a great goalie, though. But oh, um, yeah. uh, tough. We'll have to see how this goes here. You know, the Stars were down 2-1 in the series against the Wild, so... I don't, I don't question the resiliency of the Dallas Stars at all. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll yeah. see how this game continues to roll on as we roll through episode 183 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton and Rich Howe, your hosts. We're about to get to our top five wins of the Pred season. We're going to throw out some honorable mentions as well. How about we go kind of in chronological order and then right. at the end, we'll kind of like try to state what we think are the best wins. Okay. Is that fair, Rich? Is that fair? That sounds good. Perfect. All right. So I think the mo- the best win in chronological order was on October 27th. The 6-2 win over the St. Louis Blues because – I know they swept the global series, and that was kind of cool because you were on national. You were on the national. You were the first two, one of the first two teams to mm-hmm. play on the hockey calendar, and but it was the San Jose Sharks, and they're a dumpster fire. They're like the worst team in the league, not even close. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I can't really count either one of those two wins as like one of the better wins of the season. I can't. Maybe maybe not a better win but the the cool did thing you have one was, of those did you have one of those well i well I, I did not because of them beating san jose but just because of roman yossi and Nito Niederreiter getting to play at home and the fans were crazy you know chanting their names and stuff so not not it wasn't 
they weren't pretty. Well, the first one was, but the second one was not a pretty win at all. But it was still, it was still cool for that reason. But yeah, that that would have been uh, the only reason. <laughs> it's not like you said it's San Jose. So that's fair. Have, that's fair. I, th- that is true in terms of seeing Niederreiter and Yossi get to play in front of mm-hmm. all those uh, home fans. Yep. That was a really cool thing to see for sure. And also yep. the exhibition game against SC Burn was really oh, yeah. cool. It was good. Yeah, I like that one too. That was a, that was right. a really good one. But October 27th, you get a 6-2 win over the St. Louis Blues. The reason why I picked this as one of my first one, just in chronological order, is because the Predators, they were on a losing streak, a five-game losing streak. Yes. The and pitch that- for if you I know Rich I know you already remember this. Mm-hmm. The pitchforks were already out on John Hines oh, yeah. at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, honeymoon and the honeymoon mm. of the 2022-2023 season ended very very abruptly. We yep. didn't even make it to Halloween. Nope. No. Nope. No. Nope. That was a good turnaround win though against the team that I don't like. So I was happy for that. Well, for sure. and at that time, at that time, including myself, a lot of people thought the Blues could be a second place team in the division, maybe. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. I, we were all a lot wrong on that one, obviously. Oh, but wow. um, changed, yeah. but um, it, here's why I got this one circled more than anything. Looking back on it and watching the film a little bit, and looking back at the game and remembering it, it was a full team effort. Mm-hmm. Goals. So all six goals from the Preds mm-hmm. in this six-two win over the Blues were from six different players. You got mm-hmm. a full team effort. That's pretty cool. Saros made thirty-three saves on thirty-five shots. So you got it from your goaltender. You got it from six different players who scored goals. Forty-two shots as a team. That seems like a distant memory. Yeah, right. We were lucky to we were lucky to hit twenty-five shots in a game there down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was uh, that one game they didn't have, what, nine in the first two periods or something? Yeah. They scored a power play goal in this game. It stopped a five-game losing streak. Early in the season, you're trying to stop the bleeding and let it get away from you too quick, and you beat a division rival. So that was like the first one that really popped out at me when I'm like looking over the Preds' wins this season. Yep. That was a good one for sure. Um, Give me one, Rich. Scanning through, uh, I think one of the ones. Well, there's there's a couple of the of these teams. Well, it's it's the same team that they beat twice. Uh, play uh, the Devils. They beat the New Jersey oh, yeah. Devils the first time on uh, October first, and then later in this or uh, December first, and December later in the season. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's. Uh, I think that was at a time when the Devils were like cranked up winning a lot so, <clears throat> people so that's not. one that's that's one of them i have on my list too rich and i think it's arguably maybe one of the most mm-hmm. exciting wins if you want to say exciting if you want to use that term yep maybe one of the more exciting wins of the season we're talking about december 1st that 4-3 win over the devils on the road this yep. same devils team that's now in the second round of the playoffs <clears throat> yep <clears throat> and at this time as rich just said at this time the devils were cooking they were one of the most exciting teams in the league at this point. Yeah. And I remember the roller coaster of this game because the Preds jumped out 2 nothing in yep. the first 60 seconds. And it yep. was it was 
we're going back on memory lane here. We're all reflecting on the season right now as fans. So chime in if you're watching live on Twitter or if you're listening the next day, hit us up at Catfish Ice or comment on YouTube. But that game, I remember the sentiment around the team was kind of like how it was the entire season. Yep. Not a lot of believers. Everyone was waiting on the Preds to just fall apart. They didn't believe in John Hines, yada, yada, yada. And you jump ahead 2-0 in this game against one of the NHL's best teams at the time. And you're thinking, wow, we're up 2-0, first 60 seconds. Guess what happens? Devils score the next three goals all in the second period. And I remember scanning on Twitter that night mm-hmm. and seeing all the negative tweets about, see, the Preds just crap the bed again. They suck. <laughs> they're this, they're that. All the... Yep. All the naysayers out there. I'm not saying I'm not one of them sometimes, mm-hmm. but that's what happened that night. I'm just reflecting here. That's all I'm doing. Totally remember and all And then that. guess how this game winds up? <laughs> you like, want to get, like several anyone, of them. <laughs> does anyone remember who scored the tying goal and the game winner in overtime without cheating? Without cheating. It was uh Mikhail Granlin, right? Was it? Who was it? I don't remember. So Mikael Granlund, you're you're right. Mikael Granlund scored the tying goal. Tying goal. Mike Twitter knows yeah. he was there. Yeah, yeah. Who scored the game winner? I cannot. Who remember. scored the game winner in overtime? I cannot remember. Mike, I bet Mike knows. There's Max oh, Greenberg. Mike Greenberg. We got some good fans, loyal fans here. There it Joey. Is. Joey. <laughs> So one guy got traded away, and the other guy had a season-ending injury in that very important game on December first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only one in that. Also in that game that I found really interesting, the the Preds only had one power play in that entire game. Yep. The Devils had five. Yep, I remember that too. Yeah, I remember like everybody. Uh, had written Nashville off and said, there's no way you're going to be New Jersey. They're too quick. They're too young. You're just not, they're fast. You're just not going to do it. And uh, I remember that being the, uh, going into the game or whatever. And they proved them wrong as they do from time to time. I do totally remember that. All right. Let's let, game. let me go back. Let me go back like three weeks before that game. Kind of going chronological again here. Another team that just got elim- eliminated from the playoffs, I should say, from that Devils team. November 12th, 2-1 win over the Rangers. This is why I circled this game, Rich. It was Parsonen's first NHL goal. Oh, that's a good one. Everyone remember that one? I remember you saw Parsonen making his debut in that game, thinking, all right, let's see how this kid looks. Oh, I remember that now, yeah. Let's see yeah. how he looks. Yep. So, Parsons scores his first NHL goal in this game against the Rangers, 2-1 to one win. Saros makes 34 saves on 35 shots. The Rangers go 0 for 5 on the power play. So, big day for the Preds penalty kill there. Yep. So I feel like that's a pretty big one against a really, really good team. At mm-hmm. that time in November, everyone, a lot of people got the Rangers as a cup contender, cup favorite, including, including, our, co- including <laughs> our co-host. 
Kyle yeah. Perkins. Kyle Perkins yeah. had the Rangers winning he it did. all. Yeah. So that that was a very impressive win at the time. And you got Parsons' first NHL goal. Got to circle that one. Yeah, that is a good one. That is definitely a good one. So I'm scanning through. So here's another one that I forgot about. I don't remember the details of the game, but um, December the 19th, a 4-3 win in overtime over the Edmonton Oilers. That was a – snapped a six-game losing streak by the Predators. What and, what game uh, are you talking about again? Uh, okay. December 19th, they they beat Edmonton. 4-3. So I was – all right, so we don't we don't share our games here. In this no, segment, me and that. Rich did not share our games, but we're on the same page here because I had this game on yep. my list as well. December 19th, 4-3 win over the Oilers at home. I was at that game as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I have this game. I know the Preds didn't finish the deal and they didn't make the playoffs, but I still have this win over the Oilers on December 19th as a fork-in-the-road season changer. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, it kind of felt that the Predators were just going into the abyss. Yeah. A six-game losing streak. And yeah, I remember continue. going to that game feeling that way as a fan. I really do. I, mm-hmm. I, I remember feeling that way. I saw Max Greenberg's there for proof. He says, I saw Chad at that 12-19 game. Yep. Yep. We talked. We talked. I think it was the first or second intermission. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It was a great game. It was, And that was Tommy Novak's, one of his yep. first games. I think it was his season debut, actually. Yep. And he and scored a big-time goal in that game. That was a game that kept going back and forth. Edmonton, so – Preds would jump one up, jump up one nothing. Edmonton yep. would tie it. Preds yep. would make a two one lead. Edmonton would tie it. It kept going back and forth. You kept waiting for Edmonton and Connor McDavid to just mm-hmm. like take over the game, put us out of our misery. Carry, Alex Carrier gets the overtime winner, two oh, assists yep. from Cody Glass in that game. Yep. That was a huge one. I felt like that was a fork in the road type of game of the season when yeah. the Preds really started turning it to a different level. Yeah, and a couple of those those six losses up to that point, they only lost by a point. They lost uh, to Winnipeg, 1-2. to two. They lost to St. Louis, 0-1. Uh, Ottawa, 2-3. to three. So, you know, they were kind of – they were kind of still trying to get things on the right track. They just couldn't get over the, over the hump and then beating uh, Connor McJesus – at home <laughs> for an, for an overtime uh uh win it was a good that was a good uh good game for sure yeah that was a big one that was a fork in the road type of game for your season yep. let's jump ahead to the new year let's jump into 2023 you can't leave this one out everybody come on now if you leave this one out you didn't watch the preds all season january 5th against the hurricanes you know what's funny? All these games have a common correlation here. Mm-hmm. What's that? Common correlation. They're all against playoff teams. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So this one is this one is January fifth, a five three win over the Carolina Hurricanes. 
That is the At NHL Carolina. history books. Yep. UC Soros makes 64 saves. Yep. That's right. Yep. I don't and know if my heart Carolina. I don't know if I don't know if my heart rate has been any higher for a regular season game than that game right there. My heart mm-hmm. rate's definitely been higher watching the Predators in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Can't argue that. No. But watching a regular season game. Yep. One of 82, just one of 82. I don't know if I've ever been that anxious and that edge of my seat, like can't breathe, like what is going to happen? Saros makes another save here. He makes another save there. The Hurricanes are just obliterating them in terms of shots on mm-hmm. goal. How are we going to get out of this game and actually win it? You know? Just to give you a perspective, if you forgot, in that game, the shots on goal were 67 to 25 in favor of the Rich can't oh even my Rich can't even hold it in his laughter. Oh, I, I totally remember it now. It's just it 67 to 25. It was, yeah. Wow. And I gotta yeah. say something. I gotta admit something here. I am always someone who will admit when I was maybe wrong. But I'm normally not one of those people that likes to troll the other social team social media <laughs> account. Yeah. But I can't help it with the Carolina Hurricanes. I can't They're help horrible. it. They're so annoying. I've never forgiven them for how ridiculous they were in that playoff series and how childish they were. Very. And so right after that game happened, I got on Twitter and I mm-hmm. looked up Carolina Hurricanes social media account. Went to their little post that every team does when it says final score. I didn't tweet at anybody. I didn't I didn't talk yeah. crap to anybody, but right. I just wanted to see what they said. And every tweet under that post from a Canes fan was just pure joy for me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They they uh they like to they're another one of those like to dish it out but can't take it scenarios for sure. So, 64 saves for Soros. That's tied for third most in NHL history. Um, Rich, if you can guess the other three that are ahead of him, I'll I'll go ahead and send you a check for a $1 million oh, right now. I, I remember seeing who it was, but I there's no way. I, I mean, if you can get all three of them and you get it correct, I'll send you that check, but that check might bounce. Might bounce. A little it might fight. bounce. Hmm. But I'll send it to you. I'm sure it was somebody like in the 1930s or something, right? Something crazy. No, not not. No, we don't no, even have to go that, that far early. back. No. So we've got. Let's start off with Joe Daly with 64 saves, tied with Soros now for Buffalo in 1970. Hmm. Mario Lassard for the LA Kings in 1981. Okay. And the leader with the most saves ever in a game in NHL history is Ron Tugnut. Great last name. Love it. 70 saves for the Quebec Nordiques in 1991. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. So if if the Canes could have just put up six more shots... And yeah, <laughs> Soros could have been in the top of the history books. Yeah, yep. 
I, I totally remember that now. That was great. All right. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas, uh, Rich. I'm getting you a Ron Tugnut Quebec Nordique yes. jersey. Yes. I would love that. I got to find it somewhere. I might have Good to get luck. it customized. I might have to get, get it customized. customized. For sure. Yeah, definitely. You deserve it, though. It's awesome, right? All right. Do you have another one on your list before I get down to my... I got two more. I'm going in chronological order here, so... Well, I have... I do have... Before you give your last two, I will give one more that was really good, and it happened at the end... Toward the end of the season was all of the youngsters beating the Boston Bruins at Boston. I've got that one on my list too, Rich. That you're like a, stealing my list right now. That dude. is a great, that was a great win um, against a very awesome team. Uh, so uh, that was, that, that was definitely one of the memorable ones for me. I got to give a shout out to Mike Twitter. Here. He said, he says one, one day I'll run into chat at a game. All right. So <laughs> Mike Twitter, first of all, if you come down to Nashville, I might run into you. We got to, we got to coordinate that. But I have a bucket list. I want to go to every NHL arena. I know you're up near New Jersey. So maybe it's tough because when you're playing the Eastern Conference arenas, you gotta you, yeah. you only get that one date per season. Mm-hmm. But it would be really fun to make a trip. And I've already thought about this. It might not be this coming season, but in the future for sure. I would love to make a full trip out of it where I can go to a Devil's Preds game and make a vacation out of it. So we will try to make it happen. I would love to see you, man, at a game. While you're while you're there, you might as well just go see a Rangers game. If it works out that way, I would Knock love out to do Madison that. Madison Square Garden. Oh, that's the Mecca. Not out right. Madison yeah. Square Garden is the Mecca of sports arenas. I would that's love to be there. Yeah, for sure. All right, so you, you stole another one of mine, Rich. Uh, th- uh, March 28th against Boston. Yep. Uh, this is another moment in the season for me where it kind of felt like the run was over for the Preds. Like, they were done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yossi was out of the lineup by this point. That was my surrender right there was when Mm -hmm. he was out. The schedule was daunting, the remaining schedule for the Preds. I I even said that I didn't think they'd win any of the last, like, eight games. And they proved me definitely wrong. So it was tough. I mean, it was a really tough way to close out the schedule, and the schedule always balances out. The Preds had a good little stretch of a couple weeks where they played some weaker teams. And they they stacked up some wins, so it always catches yep. up to you. Yep. And so going into this game against Boston, I mean, no one gave them a chance. The only mm-hmm. thing you were hoping for is that Boston might rest some guys and whatnot. And I can't remember, did they rest some guys in this game? I can't remember. No, they did have a uh, – I think they, uh, Patrice Bergeron might maybe didn't play and David Krejci might have not played. But they had Pasternak and Marchand and, you know, all the all the big, the big boys were playing. So. Yeah. And it was a very defensive type of game. Mm-hmm. You're talking about – it took forever for even Cody Glass to break through with the first goal in the second period. Saros makes 35 saves on 36 shots, and he should have had the shutout. His shutout was spoiled in the last two seconds. Yep. 
Pasternak gets a goal. I remember I remember being greedy at that point. I just wanted the shutout for Soros. Oh, and yeah. even though I even Boy. though I knew the Preds even though I knew the Preds were already had the win locked up, I was kind of really upset mm-hmm. that Soros lost the shutout against yeah, the mighty too. Bruins. So that's yeah, you gotta put that up there as one of your top wins of the season for sure. Yep. That was a good one. I've got one more, and this comes in April. All right. And it's April 10th against the Calgary Flames. Because even though the Predators ultimately ended up missing the playoffs, they got eliminated on their day off. That's what hurts the most. That's what hurts the most. The Predators didn't get eliminated because they lost a game in real time. They lost on their day off. Yep. That hurt. Nothing you can do about it. (laughs) Nothing you can do about it. But they... Beat the Flames on April 10th to eliminate the Flames. One of the other two teams that they were, you know, down the stretch there, it was it was Jets, Flames, Preds. Yep. And the Preds were the heavy underdogs to mm-hmm. overtake either one of those two teams. Yep. And it felt kind of good because that game on April 10th against the Flames felt like a play-in game. Yes. The NBA yep. does it. The NBA does these play-in games. March Madness, college basketball does yep. it. You do these play-in games. That felt like the NHL couldn't have organized it any better. It mm-hmm. felt like a playoff game. It felt like a play-in game to get into the playoffs. And somehow the Predators went out and won that game in shootout fashion. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was a good one. It was it was one of the two teams, that's for sure. That was that was great. That was a great win. Um, I was looking through the schedule. There was another another one that was that was good. They beat the Sabers seven to three in March. That was a good a good win. That was a good one. Yeah, I remember that. But also then, in that also on that win against the Flames, real quick, Rich, before you go on, well, that no, yeah. was Igor. Igor Afanasia scored his first career NHL goal in that game. Yep. And, of course, Tommy Novak got the game-winning goal in the shootout. So That's right. Yeah. Yep. And then you – I was just looking through – I don't remember how many points they were shy of getting into the playoffs, but I see some of these games, like, where they lost to Chicago and – they lost to Arizona, stuff like that. Just kind of that's like gets into the what if thing that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But um, yeah, there were some good good games this season for sure. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. So those are our top five wins. Let's tell. All right, Rich. Out of all those that we just discussed, what would you say is the best win? Yeah, in my opinion, I think it's the one against, against Boston. Boston. Yeah, I I, I'm so. right there with you, man. Because that was Boston was just like dominating everybody, and um, I think Brad I, Brad Marchand, I think even said, I think we overlooked them, so we didn't play our best. So um, I think that is the pinnacle of mm-hmm. how hard these younger players worked to yep. That's, make something happen. They mm-hmm. left it all out there. They left it all out there. They busted their tails. The same thing happened against Calgary. 
you're seeing a common theme with a lot of these wins that we just listed is mm-hmm. you're talking about games where the team left it all out there. Yes. And there's some loss, there's some losses this year mm-hmm. where they left it all out there. And yeah. it was very, it was, it, you know, you never want to lose, but there were some games where you were, you came out of it thinking, mm-hmm. man, this team left it all out there at least. Yeah. Yeah. You can't ever say that they didn't try their hardest because they sure did uh, toward the end of the season was just incredible what they were. If you think about it, just what they were able to accomplish with what they had. So yeah, it was good. Not how we wanted right. this season to end, but it was still good. We're about to tell you about one of our sponsors we have back. That's Raycon Global, Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Before we really start telling you about them, let's get you an update on mm-hmm. the Kraken and Stars. It was four to two after the first period. I mean, still four to just two. Just crazy. Now, all right, the teams have slowed down a little bit on their scoring. <laughs> still four, still four to two, Kraken over the Stars. Um, just because I love to really – oh, wow. L.A. Tolvanen has zero points, even though the Seattle Kraken has scored four goals. What, what do you think about that, Rich? I don't know. It's incredible. <laughs> He's been playing really well <laughs> for the play, during the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was being a little sarcastic there. The E-word. Um, <clears throat> Ottinger's got 14 saves on 18 shots. So both goaltenders have been rocked a little bit here in this first period after the first period, but things seem to be settling down a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll keep watching that game. Game one, second round of the Western conference. Kraken got a four, two lead on the Dallas stars. Of course, my original pick was in preseason in pre- I got two different picks here. So preseason, before the season started, I had the Canes beating yep. the Abs on this very podcast. Well, obviously, I've lost the Abs. Yep. But we did a bracket a couple episodes ago. We did our brackets, and I switched to Canes over Stars. So Canes. Well, we'll see. Go. There we'll you see. go. So my bracket never did go through. I never could get it set on the website or whatever but um i had <laughs> i think i had boston and colorado that's <laughs> yeah, okay so that's you know. we'll play we'll blame it on gary bettman and his horrible nhl yeah. app so that bracket challenge it glitched yeah. out like crazy man it did definitely glitch out we'll blame it on that all right let's tell you about raycon raycon's back with us as a sponsor we're really happy about that if you don't know about raycon they have amazing wireless earbuds wireless speakers perfect mm-hmm for today's type of atmosphere. Everyone has the earbuds. You need some affordable earbuds. Let's face it, with coffees starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, first of all, I drink my coffee black with a splash of milk, so I don't really know about all these little Starbucks uh, macchiatos and frappuccinos (laughs) and whatnot. But even even without any customizations, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. So you're overspending for these wireless earbuds. You got Raycon. 
which is an outstanding alternative for a great price. Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. So you're trying to save money here and there, but you got to have your earbuds, Rich. Everyone's yeah, got to have their earbuds. They're so important for Bluetooth. If you're riding down the road, handling, you know, you got to have the uh, handheld. You can't be driving down the road with your no. phone in your hand. Not you got to have your earbuds for Bluetooth. You got to have it for podcasts just like this. You got to have it for so many great things. If you're going the, to the gym, wireless earbuds is where it's at. Raycon can come in for you just like that without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in the economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. And they have over 50,000 five-star reviews. That sounds pretty good. That is good. That's a lot of, that's a lot that's of five-star reviews. That's important. My favorite part about Raycon earbuds are the wireless tap functions. Mm -hmm. So you can just tap with your finger to control the volume, to mute it, to skip, do whatever you got to do. That is the most, that's the best oh, yeah. mode. They've got the customized gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit. That's an amazing. And also, if you're hanging out by the pool, water and sweat resistant. That's important. So many amazing features. Eight hours of playtime every day earbuds. So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. We are very happy to have Raycon back on board with yep. the Hockey Podcast Network and with Catfish and Ice Podcast, with their amazing wireless audio products. Raycon. 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 I'm going to tell you about DraftKings here in a little bit as well with <clears throat> our own promo code with them. You all know about DraftKings very oh, yeah. well by now. They're the and we still got some awesome offers. All right, <clears throat> Rich, let's get to our what-if scenarios for the Preds. All right. And I'm going to throw you a heater <coughs> right to get us going here. I'm ready. And I want you to fully talk about we, – we do this all the time in daily life. What if? Yep. And I know it's not always a good thing to do. Like, you can't worry about what ifs because yeah. you can't control what if. No. But in this, when we're talking about sports and everything that happened with the Preds this past season, yep. I think we can talk about some what ifs here. Yep. I think it's fair. Absolutely. So Nothing here's the first one. Here's the first one. What what if Philip Forsberg doesn't have a season ending injury on February 11th? We just we just did chronologically the best wins of the season. So we went through the season from October to April. <coughs> but February 11th. So midway through the season basically, a little past midway. Forsberg 
goes out with that really, really scary head injury mm-hmm. against the Islanders. At the time, it was to watch it on TV, man, was I thought he really, would, yeah, it was not fun to watch at all. It was rough. Yeah. He did not know where he was for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was and th- through, throughout the season after that. There was all this speculation of he's getting closer. He's day to day. He's doing this. He's doing that. And I nope. was saying all season, do not bring this dude back unless you are a 110% sure he is ready to go. And I think the organization made absolutely the right decision to not bring mm-hmm. him back. Yeah, I agree. That was smart on their part. So what if Philip Forsberg hadn't got injured? Well, I'm looking at several of these losses between February the 11th and the end of the season. And all of these one goal losses by the Predators probably could have swung the other way if he'd have been in the lineup. Um, and that's going to pick you up some more points and you probably would have probably would have made it into the playoffs. Even if, even if it was half, Half of the lo- half of the games where they lost by one point, if they could have won those, I think they would have made it in. And he's definitely could have factored into that. So, well, I mean, as much as we love the young players who played so well, yep, this team lost a lot of offense. They had yep. to lean on UC Soros way more than even normal, which they always have to, even when Forsberg was in the lineup, they had to lean on Soros, but even more so. And I know. Yeah that a lot of fans, rightfully so, are starting to really be upset with these overpaid veterans. We've talked about it. But you can't argue the fact that if Forsberg's in this lineup, the Preds are definitely scoring a few more goals. The mm-hmm. power play is doing a little bit better, probably. And if nothing else, opposing teams have to re- they have to readjust their defensive strategy when a Philip Forsberg is on the ice, if nothing else. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I Forsberg, he... before before the injury, Forsberg mm-hmm. had 40, 42 points in 50 games. Yep. Here's what's crazy. Only in 50 games of playing time. This kind of gives you an idea of the roster turnover the Predators went through here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna, if you don't already know this, Rich, it might blow your mind a little bit. He only played 50 games this season, had 42 points. He still finished fourth on the team in points and second on the team in goals in 50 games. Yep. Yep. Had a he was riding a three-game point streak. I know that's not a long streak, but he was riding a three-game point streak okay. going into this game against Philly. He was on a goal drought. Only had one goal in eight games going into that game where he got hurt against Philly. But we all know that Forsberg is a very streaky scorer. Yes. That's where February came from, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe it wouldn't have been in February, but in for the sake of this what if segment, if Forsberg doesn't go down there and he makes it through the entire season, mm-hmm. he definitely wins some games for the Predators down the stretch. Enough games to yep. probably overtake the Winnipeg Jets and we're in the first round. Would that meant that we're going to get past the first round? Probably not. Probably not. 
And that was before the trade deadline. That was three weeks before the trade deadline. Who knows how that would have affected the trade deadline? Yep. That's another thing to think about, Rich. If Forsberg doesn't go down, would that have changed how the Preds approached the trade deadline? You, we'll never know. That's the whole, that's the fun of this uh, what if topic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Never know. Never know. Never will know. Um, following following that, so following that injury to Forsberg on February 11th, the Preds lost four to two to the Coyotes, five nothing to the Bruins. They did beat the Panthers seven three, but then they lost to the Minnesota Wild. Then they kind of got a weak part of the schedule. They they beat up on Vancouver, San Jose, and Arizona. So. Mm-hmm. Immediately following the game, that Arizona game really sticks out. That first game without Forsberg, losing four to two. Yes, that game sticks out big time without mm-hmm. Forsberg. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right, Rich. How about you tell us about the trade deadline? What if? Tell us. What if? What if they had never gotten rid of Matias at home? Do you think he was a big enough factor and could he have helped them with Carrier going down injured, Roman Yossi going down injured? Um, But they would have never gotten Tyson Berry. Yeah. I I think more or less about out of all, uh, out of the four players that they traded at the Mm -hmm. deadline. So you're talking Tanner Janot, Nino Niederreiter, Mikhail Granlund, Matias Ekholm. Yep. Out of the four, the one that I actually think hurt the most as far as maybe out of those four, I'm going to say Nino Niederreiter, actually. And I might throw some people off with that one. Because Nino Nino Niederreiter at least has that veteran experience to do things. I still think they made the right decision to trade all four of them. Ultimately, yeah. uh, we're just thinking that we're just thinking short term here. We're thinking short term. What if we're not we're not saying whether it was the right decision or not. We're just thinking yeah. short term. What if type of scenarios out of those four in terms of the Preds trying to make the playoffs? I actually think that Neil Niederreiter. Yeah, a lot of people are going to say Tanner Janot, but the problem with the Predators yeah. wasn't not being tough enough down the stretch or not being this or that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Tanner Janot makes a big enough difference if you keep him. Don't you don't so. have Cal. Well, you don't have Cal Foot. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I'm thinking Nino Niederreiter. Yeah, that was a, I mean, that was a second round pick. You didn't get a player in return for him. Uh, so you bet you essentially lost a player in your starting lineup in the short term. Yeah. For by trading away Nino, and I think yeah. it was a good move. Right, to get a second round pick out of Nino Niederreiter, I think it's great. Yeah. So I'm not against it, but I do wonder if he's if Niederreiter is in the lineup down the stretch. Does he score a couple clutch goals? Does he play some? Does he give us that veteran two way experience down the stretch to maybe mm-hmm. win a couple extra games for the Preds? Maybe more, even more so than Ekholm. Actually, I know that yeah. I'm probably in the minority there when I say that. But yeah. Well, Ekholm apparently started playing really well after he left or whatever. What's up, Lindsay? Hey, 
It's our friend we from Calgary. Seen, we have not seen Lindsay in a while. Lindsay, forgive us for talking about the Preds um, eliminating the Flames from playoff contention. Calgary. Ultimately, we ultimately we love both of our teams, even though they didn't make the playoffs. Calgary lost their coach. Got fired. So, yeah. So, out of all the four guys at the trade deadline that they lost, like your heart misses Matthias Ekholm because you everybody oh, loves sure. him. It was so weird. But I do agree with losing Nino Niederreiter. I, it was necessary, I guess, and for what they got back in return. But I was really hoping that he would stick around and have a like a better career with Nashville than he did. I liked him. It was, it was so weird. I think someone shared it on Facebook or something. And, uh, but they shared a, a pic of Ekholm hugging Arvidsson in the handshake line. Did you see? I did see that. Yeah. That stings a little bit, but. Lindsay jumps in. She's the, she's a flames fan, a big flames fan. She says, it's all good. It's been a heck of an off season for us and a really bad season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, join the club. Yep. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing about being a hockey fan is we're all kind of uh, kind of in that same boat in a way. Yeah. You, get, you definitely get disappointed. Mike Twitter jumps in and says, well, we did end up liking Tyson. I like Tyson Berry from the start. I, I do. I like him a lot. I a mean, lot. I'm not going to say that he's a Matias Ekholm and he's – completely replacing him. All I'm saying is I appreciate Tyson Berry. He's a true professional. Yep. I, I like how he buzzes around on the power play. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm here's what I'm thinking into next season about Tyson Berry. If nothing else, if nothing else, I really hope that Tyson Berry comes blazing out of the gates mm-hmm. this coming up season and boost his trade value. And the Preds can get a haul for him at the deadline for a team who really wants him. That's yeah. kind of what I'm thinking. That'd be good. I don't think he's a long-term national predator, probably. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. It'd be cool, though, if he could. I like him. Um, he was one of the few veterans left on the team at the end of the season. <laughs> like, like veteran yeah. as far as time in the NHL. Well, especially on the defensive core. Oh, yeah. They were... If you think about the defensive cord down there at the end, mm-hmm. you got Tyson Berry, you got Ryan McDonough. He did come back as yeah. well, so we can't he leave did. him out. But your other four defensemen were all very yeah. inexperienced and young yeah. and not being forced into the, – the chemistry you're trying to find with these defensive pairings mm-hmm. were really difficult. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry, Rich. I'm going to bring up the E word here. But it, it, we have to. We have to. Yeah. We have to. What if Tolvanen stays with Nashville? He's not put on waivers. Because I think we can both agree, as much as you hate talking about it, we can both agree that it was a really horrible decision in hindsight. No pun intended. It was very hindsight. hindsight. Yeah, it was strange. Yeah. To to sit and think that nobody would pick him up. Um yeah. Had they had he not been traded. I think you'd still have the same, the same. You don't, you don't think he's a big enough factor to where it would have like propelled the Predators into the playoffs. Or I don't. I think by that point he was just frustrated with Nashville. Um, felt like to me, um, 
change of scenery definitely did that dude some good for sure. So, so I'm kind of like on your same, I'm on the same page with you here and I'm going to expand it even more. I think that Tolvanen was a product of his system more yeah. than anything. He needed to be on a team that fits his skill set more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that's a big indictment on John Hines because his system it does not really lend itself to the type of player Tolvanen is. Yep, yep. That's he right. wants those ru- he wants those rugged guys that are going to bash you into the boards and they're going to rough you up and we're going to put up 30, 40 hits a game. We're going to win on the penalty kill. We're going to win on goaltending. We're going to mm-hmm. win on forechecking. But that's why so many fans are so frustrated and they want Hines out. And that's where I do understand where they're coming from here. Yep. Is you can't do that anymore in this league very often. There yeah. are a few teams that get away with it, but for the most part, you gotta win with speed. You gotta win with things of that nature. You got you gotta win with offensive talent, like yeah. raw talent. And Tolvanen does have that. He has an excellent oh, yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing in the playoffs right now. So it wasn't think, the right yeah. fit, unfortunately. It just wasn't. I think it was, you know, he he did have opportunities to excel in, in Nashville. Um, he played really well a couple seasons ago, got hurt. Um, but John Hines has not ever been a coach that keeps his lines together very long, and I think that hurt Tolvanen as well. He didn't have any consistency. Um, Hines is like, you know, Hey, if something doesn't work for a couple games, I'm switching stuff up, and I don't think that's that's and always it, been it, one of his. And it doesn't it doesn't excuse the fact <laughs> it doesn't excuse the fact that you should have never lost him on waivers for nothing. Yes. If you really did, that, here's here's where I'm upset about it. It's yep. it's not the fact that Ellie Tolvanen no longer wears a National Predators uniform. It's the fact that you lost him on waivers, and you give us this excuse of oh, we didn't think he was going to clear waivers. We thought that's a little under, like, that's a little um, unfortunate that he cleared waivers. Yeah. Or that he didn't clear waivers. Come on now. Anyone who was, anyone who was a casual hockey fan knew that Ellie Tolvanen was not going to clear waivers, most likely. Yeah. And somebody was going to scoop him up. And even, even, the stretches when he didn't play good, he still showed signs of being a great player. Like a you two-way see, player. A yeah, two-way you player. Always see, you can always see like the potential. And you know, in Seattle definitely they saw pro- the they, they probably gave up, up on they they definitely gave up on too too fast. Mm-hmm. But that's another what if scenario you have to worry about. Our last what if scenario before we get to it. We're going to tell you about DraftKings because DraftKings has another amazing offer for all of our listeners right now. So we're going to tell you about that. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. So right now, we got the second round of the playoffs coming up. Uh, we're, We're already kind of talking about right now about the second round with, when it comes to the Leafs, they're down 4-2 on the Maple Leafs in game one. You got the Kraken and the Stars playing. The Kraken are up 4-2. to two. Let's talk about Canes and Devils. 
Mm. When it comes to our DraftKings promo code, promo code THPN with our promo code, you can take the Canes, you can take the Devils with our promo code. You also got the Golden Knights taking on the Oilers in the second round of the Western Conference. So you know what? You got two really amazing matchups to yes. use our promo code right now. And here's how you do it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 Hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. So all you have to do is place a bet on one yeah. of those four teams. You don't even have to win your bet. Just place it, and you get $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline right now at and in New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for your offer details. See DraftKings.com. Slash sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. You did that like a champ. I tried. I'm uh I'm calling so game one. If I'm if I'm doing my DraftKings sportsbook bet on game one, take it for what you will. I'm taking Edmonton in game one against Vegas, and I am actually going to take the Devils in game one. Wow, that's huge. All right. I like it. I got so that's what I got. It wouldn't I got hurt my Oilers. <laughs> I got Oilers and Devils to take game one in their respective series. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. It definitely wouldn't All hurt right. my feelings any. Here, here's my last what if scenario. Our last what if scenario for the Preds from this past season. What if Tommy Novak starts the season in Nashville? You can't help but bring that up. Yeah, I mean. What a season that guy had, man. I mean, he played so well, and he deserves to definitely be on the roster day one next season. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, that's another factor that he – That's another – well, that's another stain on John Hines right now. Yeah. Is yeah. why didn't you start this guy? And it's not just John Hines, but David Poyle had a part in it as well. Yeah. Um, we don't know behind closed doors what kind of talks there were on Tommy mm -hmm. Novak, but it seems like neither one of them thought yeah. that Novak should start the season in Nashville. It's a huge swing and a miss to not yeah. start him uh, yeah. because you're talking about a player who had already done some good things the season before in 20-plus yeah. games. It's not like he had never played an NHL game and yeah. no one knew what they had with him. Mm-hmm. You know what he did in, in Milwaukee? He played a little bit the season before, enough to where a lot of people were saying he needs to start the season in yep. Nashville. He doesn't. And then you don't start him until February or uh, till December 19th, that game against Edmonton, that season-changing yep. game that I was talking about. Yep. That was in one of our top five wins of the Pred season. Novak made his season debut in that game. Yep. So he doesn't start till over two till two months into the regular season and ends up finishing third on the team in points with forty three. 
Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that goes back to that stretch where he wasn't playing these losses where they only lost by a goal. He could have factored into those. And you got that is an amazing accomplishment for such a young player of his uh that he is. Yeah. To finish third on the team in points when he didn't start. I know there were a lot of injuries down the stretch that helped him finish third in points yeah. and a lot of trades. Mm-hmm. But still, even with all that in mind, yeah. for him to not for him to be such a young player and to not make his season debut till over halfway through December, and he ends up rallying to finish the season with 43 points and finishing third on the Predators. Nope. Amazing, amazing accomplishment by Tommy Novak. So yeah. what if, for me, if he starts the season in Nashville, it kind of goes along with all these other what-if scenarios. He probably factors in maybe a couple more wins early in the season. And yeah. when you follow up three points short, that's yeah. when these what-ifs really sting. That's yeah. why we're doing this segment tonight. Because I mean, when you fall three points, it's one thing if the Preds were like 10 points, 15 yeah. points out. Yeah. They were down there with like St. Louis or San yeah. Jose or Columbus, or they were so far out that it didn't matter. But when you fall three points shy, you can't help but think about these what if scenarios. Tommy yeah. Novak not starting the season in Nashville is a major what it yeah. might be the biggest what if scenario. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, if you look at the losses, even if, a quarter, if they would have won a quarter, it doesn't even have to be a quarter of them. You're in the playoffs. You get only Tommy Novak. If he would have played earlier, there's, you know, and he wins factors in winning two, three games. You're, you're almost well, just, in the playoffs. Well, I mean, just by common, just by common average here, let's say yeah. that he keeps up his normal pace of what he mm-hmm. did this season. He 43 points since December 19th. I mean, it's pretty fair to say 43 points in 51 games. He was just shy of being a point-per-game player. If he starts the season in Nashville and he even does half of that pace, say he does half that pace. Yeah. You're talking about him factoring into multiple goals, multiple goals, several goals. And there's a plenty of close games early in the season where – the Preds Absolutely. could have gotten a couple extra points in the standings. You'll never know. We, I mean, that we'll never know, but it's major. And it's it's a big swing and a miss by both Hines and Poyle that they did not start him to begin the season. Yep. It's a hard one. Hard one to swallow. It is. Yep. I like him. He's, he's one of my favorites. So it's time, Rich, to end this season on, or in this season, in this episode, I should say, on a high note. Yep. Like Dan High Note, who's is a great, like Dan High Note. Yeah, Dan. High Dan High, high Note, the great assistant coach. Uh, let's keep let's keep the puns coming here. Well, it's good stuff. They do it on you know, the in, TV on the hi- TV coverage. In hindsight, let's finish on a high note. There you go. Ooh, there you go. There you go. All right. First of all, I, I, I got to check in on the Milwaukee Admirals. Aren't they playing tonight? Or they play tomorrow night? Game uh, three. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't been keeping up with them. They're tied 1-1 in their series right now. There you go. Or game – no, yeah. So game got three the, is tomorrow night. Got all the youngsters against the, back. Against the Manitoba Moose. 
funny. Gotta love that name. The Moose. We are going to throw at the end of the audio version of this podcast that you can download tomorrow. We had I had a conversation with Aaron Sims, the oh, radio yeah. announcer of the Milwaukee Admirals. Aaron Sims is someone you have to follow if you are into mm-hmm. our Milwaukee Admirals, the affiliate of the National Predators. And a lot of those same Preds that we're talking about are now trying to win a, a Calder Cup for the Milwaukee Admirals. Really cool stuff. Yep. Uh, I love following the Admirals on on Twitter because they share a lot of cool stuff. So they shared a really cool pic the other day of a watch party in Milwaukee, and it was a bunch of it was a bunch of Admirals fans. But they were all, you saw a lot of Admirals fans that were also wearing Preds gear, so that was cool. Yeah, that is cool. Mark Jankowski's out there now. You got Michael McCarron's out there, of course. Luke Evangelista, uh, Igor Afanasiev, of course. Iroslav Skarov's in net for them. Uh, a lot of these key Preds players who played NHL games for the Preds mm-hmm. this season are now playing for the Admirals to try to win a Calder Cup. So that's really, really cool stuff. Love it. Some uh, They're doing some big press conference tomorrow for the Milwaukee Admirals. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what oh, it is. Yeah. We actually yeah. got to dive into that because people are drawing between the lines and they're trying to say that yeah. John Hines isn't invited. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, it's uh, Poyle and Trotz and uh, uh, Sean Henry. They're all going to be up there for some kind of announcement. So Yeah, interesting go. stuff. Yeah. Yep. No telling what it is. All right, so here, here's our first. We're, we got three good things, videos, to, to close out this episode. Heartwarming, good stuff. For, the first one is hockey-related. And it is related to Snoop Dogg. Oh, there's something Snoop you don't Doggy Dog. Two to things together very much. But. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Let me uh let me pull it up here for our viewers. Snoop Dogg is getting in the hockey game, is what's happening. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So let's get it up on the stream here. It was on first take on ESPN, Snoop Dogg. Let's play it. It's great to see you when you got your Lakers in it. I know you're fired up. But talk to me about this. So on your IG yesterday, you said amazing what Nico Sparks is trying to do in Ottawa. I'm looking forward to being a part of that ownership team. I want to bring hockey to our community. So Snoop, what's your biggest motivation behind this? Well, you know, I've been watching hockey for about 25 years now, and I'm watching more and more, you know, kids that look like me play the game. But I'm not seeing it being offered to the kids over here in America. I know how big it is in Canada. And I've been, you know, down with the NHL for a long time, going to games, announcing games, being a part of the society. So this opportunity came in order to, in, for me to, like, be a part of the ownership of the uh, Ottawa Senators. So I jumped on it, and then the plan that we have is to also go and build a Snoop Youth Hockey League outside of Canada so kids in urban communities can learn about hockey, can play Very the sport, cool. and find yep. a way into this you know, great thing that's called hockey. Because right now, the NBA and the NHL is having some great playoff games, and the mm. kids need to know that there is an option to play hockey if you look like me. That's awesome. That is good. Yep. He probably would really like to buy the LA Kings if that was available, but... 
<laughs> Very true. But, not, but you, you know, I think any way you can grow the sport of hockey, it's okay by me. And mm-hmm. the fact that he's trying to get the youth involved, you're trying to give um, – you're trying to give kids out there because hockey is a very hard sport to find. It is. It's, to grow, it's definitely growing and it's growing all around the country. And that's amazing. But there are certain parts of the country where hockey is just not available or people don't, you know, younger kids don't know about hockey. So the more you can teach kids about hockey and, and make it available to everyone who wants to play hockey. Yep. It's an amazing thing. It's a good thing for the youth. It's great that Snoop Dogg is, is doing something like that. You know, yep. there's a lot of people trying to buy the Senators right now. You've got Ryan Reynolds, the actor, Reynolds. Yep. who wants him. We'll see what happens. I saw some chatter out there about, well, we don't want Snoop Dogg to buy the Senators because it sounds like he's not keeping Ottawa in mind. He's he's going to move the team or something like that. Oh. But, <laughs> he's just the face and putting up some money. There's a bunch of other people involved in it as well. Exactly. And if no, he and if just... he's doing the things that he's saying he's doing in that clip as far as getting youth hockey available to these kids yeah. and they can give these kids an option to do something productive and something good, that that that's really what it, youth sports is all about in all sports. Yeah, for sure. And for for kids who want to play hockey, like hockey year is expensive. Like you can yes. go to Walmart and buy you a basketball for $20 or you can buy a football for $20 and you can go play those sports, but you cannot, even if you want to go rollerblade and play hockey outside, you it's still expensive to get into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you can come up with some opportunities to get some gear to, for these kids, man, I mean, that's great. That's all, all for it. Anything to grow the sport. Definitely. For sure. All right, we're going to break away from hockey here. I got some so I'm I'm a sucker for animal videos, Rich. I think you yeah, probably know funny. that. They're funny. I I love them. So we're get on the screen here. Here's our first one. You got um a couple little I think they're muskrats. I don't know if that's what you call them. Have you uh, seen this video, Rich? I, I think I did, but I don't remember what those things are. <laughs> All right, we're gonna share it for the. I don't know what those are. I don't think they're muskrats. They look like uh, oh, um, well, they're not prairie dogs. I don't know what they are. All right, we're gonna sh- we're gonna share it for the for the crowd. This is um, I'm gonna preface this by saying on our for our viewers here on YouTube and stuff that this is uh someone trying to perfect the art of playing dead. That's what this little little critter is about to try to do. We can't stop laughing. We cannot take our eyes off of these mongoose. Mongoose. They are having a wrestling match, and look, we've got we've got someone who's quite interested in the sighting too. Not only us; it's the hornbill that I was telling you about. Chase it away. Cool. Is it just pretended to be dead? Oh, that was amazing. Oh. That's hilarious. That that is hands down the coolest. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's great. I think that mom needs to take that bird though. I think I think the bird needs. I think I think the first of all, okay, it's a mongoose. I think the mongoose needs to work on his play dead tricks a little bit more. Because yeah. uh, the, the the bird was not falling for it at all. Yeah. 
I think that mongoose could take that bird, though. Those things fight snakes, so they're pretty mean from what I understand. I mean, how freaking adorable is that, though? It was good. And and we obviously don't know our animals, so. No. I'm like, it's we a gopher. <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah, we need to have a whole episode on yeah. on animals, apparently, because I, I said it was a muskrat. What did you Is say it, it was? A prairie dog? I would say a prairie dog, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Okay, I got I got I got I got another good animal in here. Is, so, it, a, is, is it a kitty cat? It, there's a cat involved in this one. Oh, there you go. There's a cat involved in this one. Let's get it on the screen here. All right, we got we got a we got a mama deer and a fawn. Have you seen this one, Rich? I don't remember. It looks familiar, but oh my god, it's so adorable. Let's 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 get let's get into it here. So we got this cat strolling in like he runs everything. As cats do. <laughs> he just wants a friend. I think I think the cat walked up saying I run things around here. Yeah. This is my house. Wait, just wait for it. Wait for it. Cats are hateful. Here's the doggy. <laughs> Cat's gone. You just spooked everybody. Yeah. That's awesome. The, the dog's curious. The dog's totally curious. Here's what I can't get over. Here's what I can't Courtney, get over come. about this uh, video. Courtney. Courtney, come. I'm so surprised that the fawn, that the mama deer is is uh, yeah. not worried about the dog. Courtney? Yeah. Not at all. She's not worried about anything. She's eating. She's like, go play with your friend. That's How awesome. How adorable is that? That, that, gives me, that gives me faith in the, all the world. And it, you know what it makes me wonder? Not to get too philosophical here. Why can't we as humans get along with each other better? Because you see animals and um, yeah, it's it's nature and there's a food chain. And I get all that. But it's when you see stuff like that, it's good to warms see your heart. It's, it's better to look at things like that on the Internet than the bajillion other horrible things that are on there. Oh, I, I, I waste so much time and I want to say waste because it actually sets up my day in a much better mindset, but I can waste the first 30 minutes of my day watching videos like that. Just to get oh, yeah. the right mindset. You know, yep. it is the good yep. thing about social media is, is videos like that. Yep. It's, it's one, one good uh, saving grace is you get to see cool stuff like that. So that's how we wanted to send you off here for Catfish and Ice episode 183. If you're listening on the podcast right now and you didn't see the three videos we just shared, well, just go to YouTube, YouTube. go to our YouTube channel, hit subscribe while you're there, Catfish and Ice podcast. Also, you can hit us up on Facebook where we also share our live streams, Catfish on Ice. Also, you can go to Twitter at Catfish Ice. All of our live streams go on those three 
social media platforms. I'm sure you got one of them, if not all three. So go check us out there if you're listening on the audio version. Also, you can watch live streams of our podcast and comment and get in on the live discussions with some of our amazing viewers like Lindsay, Mike Twitter, all these great people, Max Greenberg. We have so many countless numbers of viewers who talk hockey with us on live episodes, especially during the season, especially Mm -hmm. during the regular season. We do live watch-alongs, all that good stuff. So if you're listening right now on one of your favorite podcast platforms and you want to watch it live and watch some of these fun videos we share, just go find us on one of those social media platforms. We really appreciate everybody. It's been a blast. This has been episode 183 of Catfish on Ice podcast, presented by DraftKings and Raycon. With promo code THPN. Rich, I hope you have a good night, man. You too, man. Have a good one. We will see you later on in the offseason. We got to get ready for the draft. We got to get ready for all kinds of stuff. But until then, enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs. Enjoy all this amazing hockey. We will see you for the next episode later on in the offseason. Take it easy. Have a good one. Welcome in, everyone. This is Catfish on Ice. We got Aaron Sims joining us, radio announcer for the Milwaukee Admirals. We're getting you set for for the Calder Cup playoffs. Very awesome. We might not have the National Predators in the playoffs, but we still got playoff fever with our Milwaukee Admirals. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us on such short notice. It's my pleasure, and you kind of do. Like, think about all the guys that have played back and forth between Milwaukee and Nashville this year. You kind of got a taste here. Uh a lot of guys played 20-plus games with Nashville this year, and they're going, still going for a championship. It's in the American League, but they're still going here. Absolutely. You're seeing some of the same players that are going to be a big part of this Admirals playoff run that were just playing for the Predators and trying to get the Predators into an improbable playoff spot. Just, I mean, have you ever seen anything like this in all of your years of, no. of covering a uh, AHL team? I started in 05-06, and uh, no, there hasn't been this kind of uh, mass – graduation so to speak um between the teams uh you know the the injuries that piled up and you know let's face it like in my time nashville has always been a playoff team um you know save for a year or two so it's it's pretty uncommon that all of this has happened i remember in uh in 13 14 barry trotz's last year as head coach uh, there were quite a few players that went back and forth. You, people will remember Simon Moser, Mark Van Gilder played a game, Daniel Bang, uh, lots of lots of different names that went back and forth in that season. But that was the year Nashville wasn't in the mix, right? Uh, uh, so yeah. the uh, the uh, the 2021 season, when a lot of players. Uh, Milwaukee didn't field a team that year or put a team on the ice that season. So uh, there were a lot of young players because of all the injuries that happened uh, in Nashville that finally got their chance. But but nothing like this in season since I've been here. This has been pretty wild. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Friday is going to be game one for the Admirals. Get everyone caught up on the playoff format in the AHL because it is a little different. It is. Um, Then the NHL, so for some of our listeners, they might not understand how it works. Where are the Milwaukee Admirals slotting in at on the bracket and all that stuff? There aren't. uh, So the divisions aren't even. There are 10 teams out in the Pacific. There are seven in Milwaukee's division, the Central. There are seven 
um, in another one and there's eight in another one. Those are out east. We don't deal with them really. So um, so as it works out, uh, there are 23 out of the 32 teams in the American Hockey League make the playoffs. In the uh, Pacific Division, the only team that gets a bye is the number one seed, then two plays what, seven, 30 plays six, four plays five. And and that's how that goes. Uh, in the Admirals division, the fourth place team was Iowa. The fifth place team was Rockford. Rockford won both the games in overtime. Uh, so they move on best two out of three there. Uh, so Rockford will take on top seed Texas, the Admirals in Manitoba. So now the the first round, they, uh, we used to call them uh, shirt tails, I think, when we were in wrestling or something like that. Um, so that first round is the first round, and now we're in division semifinals, then it'll be division finals, and then it'll be conference finals, and finally the Calder Cup finals. Um, so yeah, the Admirals in the division finals, uh, division semifinals, excuse me, against Manitoba. It is a little confusing. Um, I think a lot of teams just try to uh, avoid that first round series, at least in the central division. Most of those others, man, especially in the Pacific, you better be number one. Otherwise, you're playing a best two out of three and and weird things can happen in those two. Yes. So um, you, you you just never know. Right. Like uh, mm-hmm. you know, has a lot of players back from Nashville. Manitoba doesn't. Um, so you could end up in that way. Like Coachella Valley has players up in Seattle. Um, you know, Colorado has players with the Avalanche, uh, but you might end up. Um, and, and, and San Diego didn't make it, but you know, you may end up playing San Diego and Anaheim didn't make the playoffs. So all of a sudden seven guys are back from Anaheim. So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty wild, but, um, teams wanted to management wanted to give as many players as they could the opportunity to learn what it's like to be in a playoff experience. And this is a teaching league. This is a learning league. So I get it to a degree. It, it does get confusing, but at least we're all playing the same number of games this year for the first time ever. So uh, that, uh, that is a, that is a big point uh, going in the right direction. For sure. Yeah. It's kind of a complicated bracket, but I give them, I give them props for creativity. I mean, whoever yeah. came up with that format, I mean, I mean, that's that takes some a lot of moving teams around. He said it's not the same amount of teams, so that's why you got to do that. So pretty cool, pretty cool format, if you ask me. But yeah, um, and schedules are that's that's the hardest thing in the world, right? Like you, you're dealing with building availability, and maybe uh, you know, in the case of a couple of teams, actually, it might only be one now. But Cleveland shares a building with the Cavaliers, so they need to, and and then there's concerts, of course, and there are all of these things going on that you have to account for. So. Um, like the admirals, well, there there might be uh, a circus going on, although the circus has moved. But in the past, last year, actually, there was a circus that we had to avoid. So we couldn't mm. games when we wanted to. So, yeah, you end up with less than desirable dates. Everybody in the American League wants to play a Friday or a Saturday night because school nights are tough. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just, it just doesn't work out that way. In Winnipeg's case, in Manitoba's case, the Jets didn't want anybody using their ice while they were playing at home. So we had to push the games back a couple of extra days and, and that's fine. But, but yeah, you run into a lot of those situations where um, it's, it's the American hockey league playoffs in, in some of these buildings are not the number one moneymaker. So you're going to have to figure out your schedule as you go. So we're playing the Manitoba Moose. They are the farm system for the Winnipeg jets. So maybe we can get a little bit of retribution here for the Predators fans because we came up three points short of the Winnipeg Jets to make the playoffs. We're getting to see the Jets uh, play the first round against the Vegas Golden Knights. We wish we could be, at least be that team and have our shot. So maybe we can get a little bit of revenge. Tell us a little bit about the Manitoba Moose, uh, what type of players, that, what type of style they play, 
Um, how do the Admirals match up with the Manitoba Moose? And what are you expecting out of this? Uh, what's going to be a best of five series? Best of five series. The first two in Winnipeg and the last three, if all are needed, will be in Milwaukee. That's the the way in the best of five series if teams are more than 300 miles apart to save on uh, costs rather than going the 2-2-1 two, two, um, to save on travel costs. That's how they set it up. So the higher seed gets to choose whether you want to play two at home to start and three on the road to finish or two on the road to start and three at home to finish. The Admirals, hmm. like, like Manitoba did last year, you choose to start on the road. You figure you get one on the road and you're going to be golden at home, right? So that's that's the thought process behind it. Last year, it worked in Milwaukee's favor. They won both at home. It's hard to beat a team three straight times. Manitoba did it twice, but they didn't get that third one last season. So anyway, both the Admirals and Manitoba, they each won four games against one another this year. Um, they do separate shootouts and overtime losses. So the Admirals went 4-3-1, and 4-3-1-0, and zero, I should say, against Manitoba. Uh, Manitoba went 4-2, 1-1 against Milwaukee this season. But again, both teams won four games. Um, Manitoba, they may not have the most skilled forwards, but they're pluggers and they shoot from everywhere. Uh, Last year, we saw it a lot with uh, Devin Cooley having to stop 40-some shots in each of the first two games specifically for the Admirals to win those contests. Um, Their their goaltending, we'll see what happens Uh, right now. Uh, Arvid Holm and Ascari Selman, and they split the time. I think both of those guys are serving as uh, emergency guys at the moment in in Winnipeg. So we'll see if mm. one one of those guys comes back. But Evan Cormier is a guy, a former draft pick in New Jersey. He spent the bulk of the last two years in the ECHL, but he does have 50 games of American Hockey League experience. Last year, he played 14 games for Manitoba, had a 924 save percentage. So he's a good goalie. He might be the best of all of them, actually, but he's not the... He's not the draft pick. He's not the young guy there, so he's not getting the reps. This this is still a developmental league, and teams want their draft picks to play. So, uh, But Cormier may be the best one of all of them. So we'll see what he brings. Uh, the big thing with Manitoba's attack is they have three defensemen. Now, Declan Chisholm had a high ankle sprain late in the season. We'll see if he comes back. He's missed basically since the middle of March. Um, I would suspect he's going to be back really soon, I would guess, in this series. Uh, He's a phenomenal player. He had seven points in five games against Milwaukee last season. Leon Gavanka is a defenseman who had 20 goals this year for Manitoba, and Billy Hainala is uh, phenomenal. He's a first-round pick in 2019, a fantastic talent. So those are three defensemen back there that can really move the puck. As a matter of fact, it's frequent that uh, their head coach, Mark Morrison, plays those three on the same power play unit. So they'll they'll go three high with the umbrella, uh, with mm. Gav- and the, uh, Gavanka, Chisholm, and Hanela, and uh, and just let those guys fire while two forwards try to crash the net. And it's it works for them. They were top, I think, sixth in the uh, sixth in the league in power play this season. So uh, it is a team that um, they can cause some havoc. They've got uh, they've got good experience, uh, and and again, they're they're a heavier team. Uh, that being said, Milwaukee kind of feels the same way. Milwaukee has a heavy team. The, the question with Milwaukee is, how does everybody mesh together once again? Yes. Uh, first yeah. time, you know, those players left in the middle of February, basically, and were up in Nashville for a good chunk of that time. So now those players come back, specifically the final seven that we're talking about. They need to come back and mesh in with what the Admirals had going, which was going pretty well. So there are. It, it's going to be interesting to see what the lineup is tomorrow. Carl Taylor, mm-hmm. as of Monday said he was still doing some tryouts basically to see he, he did not have a lineup firmed up 
in his mind. Now, obviously, he probably has a pretty good idea today as the game is, you know, we're talking on a Thursday, the game is on Friday. So we'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see what happens there. The Admirals will also run into a veteran issue. You can only play five players with more than 320 professional games entering this season. So the Admirals are going to have to scratch two guys. Um, Tim Schaller is likely one, but who will the other one be? It might be Zach Sanford. It might be, I can't imagine it would be Cole Schneider. It might be Roland McEwen. It might be Kevin Gravel. There's going to be a heck of a good player that's going to have to sit because you cannot have more than five veterans, again, 320 games or more, playing in a game in the American Hockey League. So there is that issue. Uh, now you're going to have to... Um, you're going to have to have good attitudes. Uh, you, you can't have poison in the locker room. It's a tough situation. I think everybody understands it. They understand the predicament Carl Taylor's in. Um, they just, they don't have to be happy about it, but they have to be polite about it. And that's going to be an interesting thing to watch, not only in this first round, but as far as the Admirals go this year. Mm -hmm. We're being joined by Aaron Sims, radio announcer for the Milwaukee Admirals. We're so happy to have him on on such short notice as we get ready for the Calder Cup playoff run for the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, I really want to touch on what you just said about Carl Taylor. You know, we down here in Nashville, we were so impressed with how the Predators just refused to uh, bow out of the playoff race um, after selling at the trade deadline. And then you get injury after injury after injury to your veteran core mostly on the forward side, but then you also lose Roman Yossi down the stretch. I mean, it was just crazy. And somehow the team just kept treading water up until game 80 until they were finally eliminated. And so when I look at Carl Taylor, I mean, I am just so incredibly impressed with how he has rallied this team when he ha has no idea who's going to be available to him. And now you're in the playoffs. And like you just said, Aaron, I'm very intrigued to see how this team comes together and how it affects your Luke. Like I'm really focused on Luke Evangelista here because he looked so great on the NHL level. Like I couldn't get over how fast he adapted to the NHL level. So Aaron, when it comes to Luke Evangelista in particular, does he play the same style as he was playing on the Preds? Or do you think he has to be a little bit different in the way he played his playing no. style on the AHL level. No, no, he, he has to just play the way he plays, right? The way, the way he played in the American hockey league, earned him the shot in the national hockey league and the way he played in the national hockey league kept him there. So he doesn't need to change a thing. Luke is such an interesting uh, guy, right? Second round pick. Um, he goes during the COVID season. He ends up in Chicago for just, I think it was eight games um, and really didn't look, the right that he belonged there. Now, again, a lot of guys didn't that season because the OHL was shut down. You had a lot of 18, 19 year old kids playing in that league that season. Um, so I asked, I, I'll never forget. This is one of the things from this season that is always stuck with me. So I asked Carl Taylor beginning of the season, a week before the season, I said, what do you expect from these guys? I said, how, how was Luke? And he says, you know, Luke didn't look the part in, in Chicago a couple of years ago. So I don't know what we're going to get. We're going to give them a chance in Chicago for game one, and we'll see how it goes. Well, the Admirals won game one in Chicago. I asked him after the game, I said, and I, and again, I was specific with Luke because of course he had the 55 goals in London and, and everybody wants to know, you know, those are crazy numbers. It's like, you don't, you don't get that player much anymore. So I asked Carl afterwards, uh, after the Chicago game, the first one of the season, I said, what did you think about Luke Evangelista? And he said, Luke made every right decision, but he was a half second late. And I thought, wow, that's, 
that's high praise, right? Because he was doing what he needed to do. He just needed to adapt to the speed of the game. And you could say that for a lot of people because it is game one. You've been practicing against one another. You're not playing at 110% or 100%. You know, 100% I, I don't like the 110%. That's, but anyway, mm-hmm. we're not, you're not playing at 100% speed. You're not throwing bodies around and all of that stuff. So I think nobody really was – everybody was probably a little bit off, right? That It's game one. It's, it's to be expected. Uh, it wasn't that long after that he straightened everything out, and he's been magnificent. Um, he's quite possibly been, and we're talking about a 20-year-old kid, he's quite possibly been the Admiral's most consistent forward day, from day one. Uh, and it, it, it's pretty amazing to see. So does he need to change? Absolutely not. Uh, nobody would want him to change because he had great success here, 41 points in 49 games. He had great success in Nashville with 15 points in 24 games. I don't know any team that wouldn't take a 0.7 per game uh, points player uh, anywhere in hockey. So he doesn't need to change a thing. Um, He just needs to get used to uh, being the man. Um, You know, now he's, yes, he's a part of the team, um, but he also, you know, like, Guys come down and they, you know, you, you still got to be a part of the team. That's the big thing. But you also got to understand that, you know, you're you're a marquee player now. So you're looking to to provide some offense. Um, I heard Charles Barkley say this one time and, and Darren Hadar, uh, former Nashville draft pick and and uh, the Admiral's all time leading scorer and the AHL's all time playoff scoring leader. Um, they both said this to me and, and, and Darren reiterated it. But Charles Barkley said the regular season. The star player has to get everybody involved in the postseason. The star player needs to take all the shots. And I thought that was a phenomenal quote. Get everybody involved, make everybody feel good during the regular season. That's a long way to go. But when the money's on the line, the best player needs to be the best player. And I want to see Luke Evangelista be that guy. And I think he can be that guy. We don't get a lot of Charles Barkley references on this podcast. So I'm all for that. And I love. Ernie Johnson from TNT grew up in a house, six houses from where I live right now in Milwaukee. So a couple of years ago, they were in town for the NBA Eastern Conference Finals. It was the year the Bucks lost that year, uh, but they were in town. And Ernie visits this house. So Ernie's there with Shaq and Charles Barkley. And it turns into this kind of neighborhood party, right? No, It's just very impromptu and all of this. So I go down there. And Charles Barkley and uh, my my neighbor goes, he broadcasts the hockey game. She's shouting at Charles Barkley. And, uh, and he's like, oh, yeah. And he comes over to me and he says, uh, who do you broadcast for? And I said, uh, Nashville or Milwaukee. And he goes, who's their affiliate? I said, Nashville. He goes, they didn't have a good season this year, did they? <laughs> it was like he, what was going on. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was it was really funny. Uh, yeah, he's he's all about it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, Charles Barkley likes his hockey. Yeah, uh, for sure. I love that. All right, so I want to kind of get into uh, the goalie situation. We we kind of kind of touched on the Manitoba Moose and their goalie situation. So of course, Irislav Askarov is going to be the game one starter. Correct. I would guess. Yeah. I haven't seen a lineup, but I, yeah, I would, you know, Askarov played seven of the eight games against Manitoba this year. Had a 916 save percentage against the Moose this season. Went three three and one. I suspect that he's going to get the as many touches as possible here. Yes. Do you see a situation where they could uh, go to Devin Cooley in Game Two and do like a swip swap thing, or is it all going to be based on <laughs> performance in Game One? I I think 
I, you know, even when Yaroslav has had a bad game, uh, and and they ha- there haven't been many. It's happened though. Um, they go back with him because you got to build up the confidence. You got to, you know, if the guy does poorly and you yank him, um, you know, listen, this guy. If, if, quite frankly, we uh, were developing this kid to be the number one goalie at some point in Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to do that to you want to be in a winning environment and you have to be the guy who carries the load somewhere along the way. Uh, my first season again, 0506 Pecorino was a rookie goaltender. He got the he got the job in the playoffs. Uh once he came after the first round. So he missed the first round seven game series against Iowa that season, the Iowa Stars. Uh but he was in goal for a four game sweep of the Houston Arrows and a four game sweep of the Grand Rapids Griffins and then was the goalie in six losses or six game series a loss to the Hershey Bears in the final. Uh Pekka was pulled three times in that series, but he came back and started each of the games following. So uh you're developing the future. So it would have to be horrible. It would have to be just catastrophic for him, I would think, to not play in another game in that series. I think I think it's going to be his job, um, no matter how far the Admirals go, uh, with all due respect. And this is not bad-mouthing Devin Cooley by saying this, uh, but Askarov is the future, and he's going to be the one that gets the, the, gets the touch of the puck. And, and as you bring up Devin Cooley, I know he's been in the news a little bit, even down here among Pred circles in terms of, I guess he changed agents. Can you fill us in a little bit on what's going on with Devin Cooley and his possible future? Uh, because the goalie pipeline is is always a tough thing, especially when you're talking about the Nashville Predators goalie pipeline. And so do you think Devin Cooley is looking to where he can get more starts in a different system? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I haven't talked with Devin about it. He's a great kid, a, a good citizen, good family. Uh, his mom and dad, um, they're just fantastic when they come and visit. It's, it's nice to see them. So uh, I don't I don't know what Devin is thinking right now. It's during the season. I, I hesitate to ask him. But that being yeah, said, um, you know, it's his third year as a pro. Uh, he, he sees the writing on the wall. Connor Ingram saw it last year. Connor Ingram uh, – told me and and this is i i don't think i'm telling tales out of school but connor knew very well that yaroslav iskarov was going to be here he showed up at the end of last season and connor knew that they wanted iskarov to get as many games as possible so connor knew that he was on the outs uh eventually and then when kevin lankinen gets signed obviously now there's a major competition and and it turns out ex- indeed that way so my guess is devin cooley with his ufa six designation um is going to look at every possibility to be a number three in some organization. He's not going to be a number three here in Milwaukee or in, in Nashville's pipeline for the foreseeable future. Um, so he, I, that would be my guess. Uh, would he love to come back to Milwaukee? I'm sure he would. I think he likes his teammates. I know he likes his teammates. Uh, and I know he loves playing with Yarrow. Uh, but he'd also like to play 40 games in a season. And that's not going to happen as long as the scar off is here. So um, where does he end up? I, I have no idea. I'd love for it to be back in Milwaukee, but, you know, it, hopefully for him, he finds a job that, you know, Scott, a few years ago, 2014, Scott Darling was a guy. Um, they were trying to get him back on a, on an AHL ECHL contract. And he thought about it. And all of a sudden here comes the Chicago Blackhawks offering an NHL deal. And later that year, he's holding the Stanley cup. So, um, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, but uh, again, I, ho- I I wish nothing but the best for him. He's been he's been great when called upon here. He's a good kid. Um, I, I just think you know to be fair to him, he wants to play. 
And I, I can't fault him at all for that because players want to play. Yeah, it's great to be up in the National Hockey League. But if you're wearing the suit all the time, I think a lot of guys would tell you, um, money be damned. We're, we just want to play hockey. That's why we're here. So um, let's, let's go down and play and work out a trade, whatever it might be. But let's get into a, a situation where I can play. And, and I think that's what Cooley wants. Yeah, for sure. And he's been, as you're saying, he's been – his play on the ice has been great. He's great off the ice. He deserves um, all the playing time he can get if it's out there and it presents itself. I've always looked at it almost like if you're thinking starting quarterback, backup quarterback in football, you've got a really awesome, great, talented, uh, talented backup quarterback, and that quarterback sees the writing on the wall that they're never going to be the starter in their current situation, so they're going to look elsewhere so that they can get more snaps. I look at it the same way in terms of um, – uh, goalies in hockey and so for Devin Cooley I I just hope that he can find the best opportunity for himself and if that means it's not with the Admirals then that's that's a tough loss for us but you know you gotta he's got to do what's best for him so um I, I don't fault him in any decision he makes it's very personal and uh mm -hmm. I you you wish nothing but the best for him because again it's not like he's a bad guy it's not like he's been a bad guy and it's not like he's not talented so get yours man I you know careers are too short you got to get yours when you can absolutely absolutely all right aaron this has been a lot of fun one last question because i know you got to get going here and you're a busy man right now covering lost you there chad are we still there i just got booted can you hear me i got you now yes sir I just got booted out of my own studio. What is going on here? All right. Well, <laughs> you can't trust the internet connection at all times. All right. I'm back, guys. I'm back. All right. I was just getting ready to ask an awesome question, too, to close this thing out. All right. Can you hear me, Aaron? I got you. You're good. All right. So here, here's my deal. What, what are you thinking? How deep can the Admirals go this year in these playoffs? Uh, are you thinking this is the type of team that has championship pedigree, the team hasn't won a Calder Cup since uh, 2004. Uh, we know the the COVID shortened year. Uh, unfortunately, who knows what would have happened? That was a an incredible team. So, what are you thinking? Do you think this team has championship pedigree and can actually win a Calder Cup? I'd love to think so, right? Like you get those players back from Nashville. Uh, you, it, it's hard. You know, you've got to combine the best special teams in the American Hockey League. You've got a goaltender who can be a horse. Uh, and, and a backup who can also uh, be a guy that uh, that you can count on in the playoffs. Um, the defenseman I love I, up for up front. You get those players back from Nashville. I, I mean, I, you got to temper the enthusiasm, right? You can't sit here and say, "Ah, oh, we're going to sweep all the way through and win and win it all." But I, I, I have a hard time thinking that people don't see this team as, as having a good chance to do it. Um, the, the tough thing is we haven't seen the vast majority of teams in the American Hockey League. So, you know, what happens if the Admirals do beat, win the next two rounds and now they'll play Calgary or Coachella Valley or whoever from out West, we have no idea what to expect from them. Mm. Um, you know, and have, you know, in, in Calgary, they have the, the guy who won MVP and goalie of the year and Dustin Wolf, uh, you know, so it, it's, it, it's, it's an interesting question. It's one,
All right. I think we just lost Aaron there. I think we're having some connection issues. Let's see if he'll pop back in. If not, it's been a really awesome conversation with Aaron Sims, radio announcer for the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, as the Admirals get ready for game one of the Calder Cup playoffs on Friday night. We're recording this on a Thursday. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me, man. Connection issues and all, it doesn't matter. It was a great segment, great episode. Follow the Milwaukee Admirals through their Calder Cup trophy pursuit, trying to win their first Calder Cup since 2004. Thanks, everyone, for catching this bonus episode of Catfish and Ice, episode 183. We have episode 182 that just got posted earlier today as the full crew talked about the na- the history of the Nashville Predators in the Stanley Cup playoffs, covered some of the most memorable moments from that. Hit subscribe on the YouTube channel below or follow us on Twitter at Catfish Ice. We're also on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Check us out there. Thanks so much to Aaron Sins for joining us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week for a brand new episode of Catfish and Ice presented by DraftKings promo code THPN. You can win some bonus bets right now if you bet on a $5 bet on the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. So go check that out on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. And we're part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day.